Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. What a great day to start out in the Word of our Father. Today's readings are 1 Kings chapter 6 and 7. Rabbit Trails All this cedar, is anyone else smelling it in their mind as you read this? Man, I bet it smelled so good. Today, Solomon begins the temple. We won't read where it is located in Kings, but in 2 Chronicles 3.1 we read, Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to David his father at the place that David had appointed, on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. Other interesting notes about the temple. Estimates are that this temple was constructed approximately 500 years after the wilderness tabernacle was built. The measurements are all double and the same proportion as those of the wilderness tabernacle. From Exodus 26, we see that the tabernacle was 30 by 10 cubits. The temple was 60 by 20 cubits. The Holy of Holies in the tabernacle was 10 by 10. In the temple, it was 20 by 20. The tabernacle's outer room was 20 by 10, and the temple's was 40 by 20. Now, keep in mind that the tabernacle was essentially a grand tent that was designed and built to be taken apart and put together countless times, while able to travel as well. With the temple being a permanent structure, we can understand how it could be considerably larger, since they didn't have to worry about traveling, taking it apart, etc. Where did Solomon get the idea to double the size of the temple? Did he just come up with this on his own? We aren't told in Kings, but in First Chronicles 28, we see that the plans did come directly from God through his father David, assuming that Solomon followed his father's instructions. First Chronicles 28 verses 11 through 19 reads, David gave Solomon the plans for all the temple buildings, for the storerooms and all the other rooms, and for the most holy place where sins are forgiven. He also gave him the plans for all he had in mind for the courtyards and the rooms around them, and for the storerooms for the temple equipment and the gifts dedicated to the Lord. David also gave him the plans for organizing the priests and the Levites to perform their duties, to do the work of the temple, and to take care of all the temple utensils. He gave instructions as to how much silver and gold was to be used for making the utensils, for each lamp and lampstand for the silver tables, and for each gold table on which were placed the loaves of bread offered to God. He also gave instructions as to how much pure gold was to be used in making forks, bowls, and jars, how much silver and gold in making dishes, and how much pure gold in making the altar on which incense was burned, and in making the chariot for the winged creatures that spread their wings over the Lord's covenant box. King David said, All this is contained in the plan written according to the instructions, which the Lord himself gave me to carry out. Side note on the cherubim in 1 Kings 6.23. As I see mention of cherubims, I'm reminded of some biblical truths. In these crazy times, people will worship and pray to anything they think might turn the tide in their favor. And as a result, angel worship has become a real thing. 
People pray to their angels, ask them for help, guidance, etc. We need to be mindful of angel worship because it is not of Yahweh. True angels of Yahweh are messengers sent to do his bidding at his command. They are not intercessors on our behalf. They are sent from Yahweh with a message for us, not to them be sent from us with a message for Yahweh. When it comes to intercessors, the word tells us we have Messiah and the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 53.12 reads, He himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Also, the Messiah teaches us to pray to the Father alone. In Matthew 6, 9, he says, This, then, is how you should pray, Our Father in heaven. We see a true example of how an angel sent from Yahweh would respond in Revelation 22, 9, when an angel revealed itself to John, and he immediately fell down to worship the angel. The response was, But he said to me, Don't do it! I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers the prophets. Worship God! Moving on. At this point in our reading, I usually get a lot of questions as to why Solomon didn't immediately tear down the high places, the altars to other gods. Well, we have to look at things like this in our lives and ask ourselves the same thing. Are we letting these high places and altars remain, or are we tearing them down? 1 Kings 6.12, we suddenly see an interruption in talk of the temple preparations as Yahweh interjects and reminds Solomon of something very important. His focus should be on following Yahweh and obeying his commandments. 2 Kings 6.12 reads, This concerns the temple you are building. If you live by my laws, follow my rules, and keep my commands, I will fulfill the promise I made about you to your father David. As if to say, okay, this is impressive, and I know you're working hard on it, but take care not to rely on a fine temple as a symbol of devotion to me. But the real devotion is in obedience. The fancy building does not please Yahweh. Crowd numbers don't please Yahweh. Best-selling books don't please Yahweh. Anything that can be described with the word mega is trivial compared to him. These things honor the builders, but they can honor Yahweh, provided one thing, that the people are obedient to him and are taught to walk in his truth. Is it hard to be obedient to Yahweh? The world tells us it is, and most people believe it. Personally, I believe what Yahweh himself and our Messiah say. Deuteronomy 30, 11. Now, What I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. 1 John 5, 3 For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Matthew 11, 28-30 Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Revelation 14.12, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of Yahweh, who keep His commands and remain faithful to Jesus. James 1.25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. May we set our hearts on Him, wholehearted, all the way. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.